You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic with Dr. Heidi, a toxic relationship specialist. Here, we bring hope, healing, and freedom to those who have been affected by toxic relationships and emotional abuse. Learn to not only recognize a red flag when you see one, but have the courage to choose yourself and move forward in a life that's free from toxic control of others. Living in an environment that's not healthy for you can cause this type of abuse to be accepted as normal. The truth is, it's not normal. It's toxic. Hey everyone, I'm back. This is Dr. Heidi. Thanks for coming back to the It's Not Normal, It's Toxic podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. I guarantee you will be sick of me by the time you get through all of the podcasts. Today is a beautiful day outside. It is the end of the week, and I know you guys have been waiting for me to get back to you. Uh, The last podcast I did was the Letting Go podcast. Uh, wow. I think I actually called it, uh, nothing feels as good as letting go. And I cannot believe the numbers on that podcast. So if that podcast gave you some inspiration, I would love to hear what it inspired in you. And if you have let something go since you listened to it, um, it was kind of a big deal the morning after I woke up and saw how many people had listened to that particular episode and how quickly they had listened to it. And um, I actually listened to that one. I don't always go back and listen to them because sometimes I don't want to hear my voice. You guys probably know exactly what I mean. You're like, oh, this lady again. Um, But that being said, if you were able to let go of something or if you were able to get a different perspective on what you've been holding on to, I would love to hear about it. You can get a hold of me through Instagram. It's coaching with Dr. Heidi or it's not normal. It's toxic podcast. Uh, you can get a hold of me through Facebook coaching with Dr. Heidi, or you can email in, uh, through my website, which is coaching with Dr. Also on the website, there is something called the toxicity profile analysis. If you haven't taken it, taken it. It is a quiz. It's free to take, but it gives you some insight on how much your life has been affected by the toxic traits of others. And I say this repetitively on the episodes because when I was in it, I didn't realize I was in it. I thought I was the problem. I was continually trying to do better, trying to make things work, trying harder. And I would have had no idea, um, what exactly it was that I was in. So the toxicity profile analysis is written for just that. It's to give you a little bit of an idea how maybe your life has been affected by the toxic traits of others. The follow-up to that, the results I get are a little bit different than what you get. The results I get allow me to look into your relationship and know without even speaking what type of person you are dealing with or what type of toxic traits you have dealt with in the past. Um, On that, if anybody wants a bigger, uh, more in-depth explanation of their TPA, there's an option to book a consultation with me, which then we can kind of go over that. And I can give you a little bit better insight to what the next step possibly is for you. 
Um, there is a coupon code for podcast listeners for the consultation. It's 50OFF. We'll give you $50 off the initial consultation. That being said, don't forget 2020, we are touring. If you go on the website now, there is a pop-up that asks you where you're from before you can get into the website. The only reason for that is because I need to know where I have most of my listeners so I can decide where we are locating um, the following year's workshops. This year, Pittsburgh in January, St. Louis in March, San Francisco in August, and Denver, Colorado in October. So, but from there going forward, I want to go where you are. So if you haven't been on the website, jump on there. And that's the only information where, you know, it might be an email, but all we're, all we're gathering is the location so that I can map out the tour. Um, I would appreciate that. If you have found worth in the podcast, I would love a review. Um, you know, people who are wondering about um, different podcasts to listen to, they go to the reviews. So if you have found worth in mine, I would love uh, for you to go on and give me a review. And it does not have to be long. That being said, um, it is Friday. Thank goodness it's Friday. And uh, it's hard to believe that another week has passed. Another month is almost passed. For those of you who have been following my um updates on my daughter. We, my youngest, uh, which is my stepdaughter, we got a, finally got a call from her on Sunday. The uh, boot camp crucible was over. She made it. She was bawling her eyes out when she heard her dad's voice. Um, but we are leaving Tuesday for graduation. So a lot of excitement around here. Um, we have between the two of us, three daughters. Um, each one is 180 degree different than the other one. And when we sit and talk about the traits that our daughters have and the things that they have gathered from life experiences and the things that they can do for themselves, we can't even believe what strong kids we have for the backgrounds that they came from. And it's very, very hopeful. And it's very, very hopeful when clients of mine are able to meet my kids because you know, once you're a client of mine, you know more about my story than you ever want to know. And in turn, you know about my daughter's story, my daughter's stories. So that being said, um, I love it when you guys get to meet them because especially if you are one that is dealing with children in a toxic environment, it's very, very um, inspirational and it brings a lot of hope. Now, I'm not going to say we don't all have our triggers and we don't all have our setbacks and we don't have all have our, I can't believe we're still dealing with these, this moments because we absolutely do. Um, but in retrospect, looking at where we were at one time and where we are now, it is a complete, complete thing to be grateful for. So that's what I'm grateful for today. I had heard once that um, you cannot be a beacon if your light doesn't shine. And I say I heard that once, but that is an old gospel song that I'm sure I heard it on a record player or something. Um, and I occasionally listen to it now because I truly believe that you cannot be a beacon if your light doesn't shine. You cannot help somebody else if you 
if you do not have the experience behind it and show it and believe in what you do. So today I decided I need to talk a little bit more in depth about some of the stuff that I have been through. And we will see how this goes and we'll see where this goes. And then I will decide if you really get to hear it. No, I'm kidding. But I sit here behind the microphone for the podcast and I sit opposite of my clients in a consultation room and I Skype in or video in to people who are not local to me and I'm on the phone and you see me on Facebook on videos. I stand in front of the conferences and I speak and the energy that I put out there probably makes everybody feel a little bit maybe skeptical, maybe a little intimidated, maybe a little exhausted and tired because I haven't told a lot about my story. And so today I thought, you know, I sit here and I ask these people to trust my opinion and believe the things that I'm saying. And maybe I need to give a little bit more of my background. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about the things that I remember. Um, when you are in a toxic environment, you purposely forget things. And the reason you do that is because you go into self-protection mode. You need to forget the things that hurt. And if you are in a situation like that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I remember, and I often will remember a variety of things as I'm in front speaking to a group or as I'm talking to someone, because when certain things remind me of instances from my past, a memory will pop up that I long forgot because I long shoved it down and um, buried it so that it wouldn't hurt. Okay. But I remember the days of being lonely. And the weirdest thing about being lonely is there was people all over. You know, I had a, a practice and people came in to see me and everybody was excited to see me and there was friends and I had the kids and there was people all over, but the sense of loneliness that I had, I didn't understand because it doesn't make sense to have people all around and feel lonely. And I remember that distinctly. Um, and part of it is because you feel like nobody understands. And when you're in a situation that you're handling it by yourself, it induces loneliness. And I remember the feeling of being the only one that knew what was going on. And, you know, I remember the tears, but tears were never in public. The tears were always hidden. They were always very brief and they were always very secretive because we can't show emotion. So I remember trying not to show hurt and trying not to show sadness and trying not to show fear. And on top of that, I didn't want anybody else to see that either. So I remember the tears, but the tears were always hidden. I very seldom let anybody know that there was tears. And I remember the feeling of helplessness. You know, you are very quickly trained not to ask for help. Toxic people ask for help all the time. In fact, just this week, I got a message from a client and it said, every time I get a phone call from my toxic person, they need me to do something. And it's not just that they need me to do something. They need me to drop what I'm doing 
to do something for them. And of course, when I explained that to her, she got it. I said, of course, for one thing, they're dependent on you to take care of them. And they also do that so they control your time and they control what you're doing. But I remember the days of feeling helpless because you weren't at, you you are not available to ask for help because you're so busy trying to get everything done to perfection that there's A, not time to ask for help. B, you don't want to because you don't want the criticisms when you ask for help. And C, if you ask people outside of the relationship for help, usually there's some backlash. So I remember feeling completely helpless. And I remember the fear. You know, and when I talk about fear, I'm talking about not necessarily just fear for your physical safety. Although I remember those days also, but I'm talking about, you know, the fear of making decisions because what if it's the wrong one? The fear of leaving home in the morning, the fear of coming home at night, you know, the fear of anything that could have gone wrong during the day, the fear of the the toxic person being angry. I remember the fear of being in trouble or not being good enough. And I remember, I don't know that I pegged it as fear. I think I probably more called it tension or walking on eggshells. But when you get down to it, it was fear. You know, it was fear that kept me there. It was fear of the unknown that I stayed there. It was just an overwhelming sense of fear. And and I remember that distinctly. I remember being sad, but I only remember being sad on the inside because if somebody from the outside would is looking in, I don't think they would have ever classified me as sad. But, but in the times that I had to spend by myself, I remember feeling sad, but I remember feeling like I had to pretend that I was fine. Somebody asks, are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm fine. You know, and then you follow it up with a laugh. So then they think you're fine. You know, I remember pretending everything was okay and longing to reach out and just tell somebody I'm not okay. And I I remember the act I had to put on. And you know what? It's sad. We got, I got to be a very good actress. I knew which environments I was safe to be myself in and which environments I was not. And, you know, I would go from being myself to pretending everything was okay. And that's what you do on a day-to-day basis. When you are in the public eye, you pretend everything's fine, which you know as well as I do. People from the outside looking in thought we were the cutest couple. We had the cutest family. You know, you're not going to go against that when that's what everybody's thinking. So you pretend that everything's fine and you pretend that you're happy and you pretend that this is exactly what you've always wanted and dreamed of. You know, and I remember having days, days after days that were not mine. Morning until night, my time and my attention was dictated by somebody else. To-do lists, um, constantly calling with things to do, things to see, where I needed to be, what I needed to do now, phone calls to make. And you know that that's a control thing, but it's also an attention thing because they take up your time. So you don't have any time for yourself. You don't have any time to do what you want. You have you don't have any time to fill yourself back up so you have anything left to give. Days upon days upon days were not my life. They were dictated by somebody else.
I remember the feeling of isolation, which is different than feeling alone. You know, your family doesn't like you or I don't like your family. They don't treat me right. So I don't, I don't like us associating with them. And my family would get farther and farther and farther away. And pretty soon I wouldn't even talk on the phone to my family when he was around. I would have to sneak that because otherwise I felt like my conversations were being listened to and then, um, you know, criticized when I, when I was finished with the conversation. Friends, yes, I had friends. Friends would come in uh, to my place of work and that was all fine. But when I wanted to go out with friends and spend time with friends, that was very dictated. The minute I left, the phone started ringing or the text started coming through. And until you finally just decide it's not worth the one embarrassment of answering the phone 50 times, two, explaining to your friends yet again that this is happening and you have to shorten the visit and you can't go out or you can't spend time with them or you can't do this or you can't do that or you have to ask permission to do it first. It gets old. And so what do you do eventually? You quit seeking friendships. You quit going out and putting yourself out there to try and make connections because it's just, it's too hard to do. And I remember that. I remember the feeling of guilt, you know, guilt about about wanting to be me, the guilt about wanting to build my own life, guilt about feeling like I deserve to be happy. And he was convincing me that my life was about something else. You know, and you all know what I'm talking about. When there's a healthy relationship, the give and take is mutual. When you're in a toxic relationship, the take is all that there is. And you get very, very drained with that. But guilt is an emotion. And now I know nobody can make you feel guilty without you allowing them to, to make you feel that way. However, kind, caring, compassionate people are very, are very adaptive to the guilt emotion. And toxic people know that. So the, the more they can make you feel guilty, the more they can get you to do for them. And so I remember the overwhelming feeling of guilt. And I remember the overwhelming feeling of guilt also, you know, on the times when I'd left. And I'm here to tell you, you know, for you people who are listening that have left and went back because of guilt, I did it. I don't even know how many times I did it. Um, I remember the obligation. You know, you're obligated as a wife. You're obligated as a mother. You're obligated as a friend. You're obligated. Whatever the toxic relationship that you're in right now, there is obligation that goes with it. And what are people going to think? And I, I said vows and I made a commitment and I, you know, so, so obligation. I remember feeling like, well, I can't change this because I said I was going to do this. And I remember feeling completely numb. You know, our bodies go into self-protection mode. And if our feelings are getting hurt and our anxiety goes up and we're constantly being criticized, we put up what I like to call our emotional umbrella so that all of that crap rolls off. But subconsciously we hear it and we start believing it. But we become so numb because we need to not feel when our feelings get hurt. We need to not feel when we're disappointed. We need to not feel when we're happy because happiness does not last very long in a toxic relationship. There's just short little windows of it. So you put up a wall around your emotions so that no matter what comes your way, you don't feel it. And I remember 
the the stuff that should have been celebrated wasn't that big a deal and the stuff that was devastating wasn't that big a deal and who wants to live like that now you know looking back now i am i like feel everything learning to feel everything again is not that pleasant either but i remember the numbness i felt because i couldn't let anything affect me or it hurt too bad you know and those of you who know me those of you who've seen me, those of you who've been at my events, those of you who listen to this all the time, I sound, or I'm guessing, I probably sound pretty confident. When I'm teaching the toxic traits, it is very matter of fact. I know exactly what they're doing and I know exactly why they're doing it. But if you would have seen me years ago, you would not think I was the same person. And that's where I want to make the connection today. That's where I said, I need to be more transparent so you guys understand there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not sitting here behind this microphone going, you should do this and you should do this and you should do this. And by the way, I've never been there. I'm sitting here saying, I have been there and I remember everything about it. So, you know, as I go through life, there's constant reminders of the things that I've been through. And, and now in the work that I do, there's so many stories that are sim so similar to mine that it brings up new memories. And you know what? Now, as they're coming up, they're not as painful as they used to be when they, when it first started, when the memories started coming up and I had to get rid of them and I had to deal with them. It was ugly. It was ugly for everybody around me. Now I can deal with them myself. Now, some of them make me laugh. Some of them make me chuckle because I understand it so well that it doesn't even make me sad anymore. But for you who are listening to me, it's probably hard for you to imagine me being exactly where you are. And I have had to work on acceptance. I've had to work on overthinking and not worrying about everything. I've had to work on, you know, fears of other people not liking me, um, ruminating on stuff that doesn't really matter. I had to work on expressing my feelings. I had to work on making decisions. I had to work on saying what it really is that I needed. Because all of those things, you were trained not to do. You were trained that you were not going to be accepted no matter what you did. I was trained to worry about everything because the bottom always fell out. I did not get my hopes up because they always got squished. I always had to be on guard for fear of failure. And now looking back, not that I failed at that much. I was just always told that I was going to. So when you're always told that you're going to fail and you'll never be anything and you're never anything without me and you couldn't do anything without me, you tend to believe it. So you're walking a fine line between, I hope I don't fail. And 90% of the time, you're killing it. There's nothing about what you're doing that's failing, but toxic people make you feel like you are riding right on the edge. And, you know, you're trained to overthink things. They love to be unpredictable. I remember the up and down roller coaster, up, down, up. Oh, we're doing this or we're not doing this. Oh, you said this. Oh, you didn't say this. Oh, you promised this. Oh, you didn't. Oh, you did this, but now I'm too sensitive. The constant up and down of my emotions. I remember that. And they train you that way so that everything is very unpredictable. You are always on point to jump when they need you and to respond to them. And it keeps your attention on them all the time, 
which as we know, control, power, attention, and admiration. And I had to work on the not pushing my feelings down. I had to work on dealing with them when you're in the middle of them. And you know what? When you start dealing with feelings, you would rather go back to the numb place. Because when you start feeling and all of this emotion starts coming out, it is very uncomfortable. And you don't know what to do with it. And you don't know how to handle it. And you don't know how to process it. Because for years, I didn't process any emotion. I got up in the morning. I went through my day. I made sure that I wasn't going to get my feelings hurt. And if I did, I cried in secret. And the next day I did the same thing. So when you start feeling, it is awfully, awfully scary. So I had to walk through all of that and all the, all the things that go with that. And you, you realize very quickly that when you stuff things down, it eventually comes out. And it usually comes out when you're in a safe place. And it comes out and it is ugly. And I went through several years of very ugly. Ugly to the point where it was absolutely humiliating for me. But until somebody explained it to me, that's just all of the crap that you've been stuffing down. You haven't been able to express your feelings. You haven't been able to express your opinion. You haven't been able to express your anger. You've shoved all that down forever and now you're trying to live with all this crap shoved down? It doesn't work that way. You can't keep it all in forever. So even though it was ugly and even though I hated it, it came out and I just tried to understand that it had to come out. And, you know, it still does it. There's still stuff that's stuffed down there. And with the right scenario and the right environment and the right emotion, stuff will still come out. And you know what? It's still ugly. But I know now that that's what's happening. And I don't beat myself up over it. And I don't ruminate on it. And I don't overthink it. I now just go, oh, yep, that's what that was. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Try not to let that happen again. Next. Because I know now where it's coming from. But when it starts and you're trying to deal with it, all you feel is that you are crazy. And where now, now how am I supposed to deal with all this? And I'm crying and I'm mad and I'm angry and I'm all of this stuff and I can't deal with any of it. And you know, I had to start talking. I had to start telling people about my story and that was the worst. I didn't talk about it when I was in it. Why would I talk about it when I'm out of it? Because telling your story is healing and you tell your story and you get your voice back. The voice that's been taken from you so that you don't have an opinion because your opinion and your values and your system of integrity does not matter when you are in a toxic relationship. So getting back to that is starting over. You know, and it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to learn how to deal with the triggers and address the, the triggers. And you have to know that, you know, I have clients come to me and they're so excited. Finally, it's over. I just filed for divorce. And in my head, I literally am thinking, oh, honey, this is just the beginning. You know, and people, um, clients, people that I talk to find this out very quickly. I thought that the divorce was the end, or I thought that when I cut them off, it was the end, or I thought that when I, you know, left that family situation, that was the end. And they're very quick to find out it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning of repairing. Because the things you're going to go through, 
anger. You're going to go through revenge. You're going to go through hurt. There's crying. There's probably some self-loathing. There's some anxiety. There's depressive type symptoms. You know, your feelings come back and you have no idea what to do with them. You are on an emotional roller coaster. And, and this is where I tell people, you have already made it through every day that you think you thought that you wouldn't. You're not giving up now. And as you grow and as you put your finger on some of this crap that's happening, it gets easier and you get to start concentrating on yourself. And pretty soon you realize it doesn't matter what other people do at this point. Your peace and your happiness is never going to get taken from you again. You know, I can't say that it goes from a rocky road to a paved road. Because there's always a few speed bumps that slow us down and slow me down and I have to deal with. But now I know what I'm dealing with. And so as I sit here today, I want to make sure that all of you know, I have been through the crap. And, you know, I have been told at least a hundred times that I need to write a book. Okay, I have written my story in a very, very short versions in a couple compiled books but I have never really written down the nitty-gritty and I think you know up and coming that's what I'm going to start doing because I need you guys to understand that I understand and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today I want you to know I was in the trenches and the the people who message in questions or the people that I walk through the one-on-one -on -one coaching I am very transparent they know the ugly parts of my toxic relationships. They know the crap I went through. They know the things that happen. And you know what it does? The best part about it is it makes them feel like they are not alone. And, and it almost always brings tears to their eyes for them to go, I cannot believe that you know exactly what I'm going through. And I think that's what I want to make sure that you know today. And what happened this morning... Those of you who are in the Strength Within group, um, it is pinned to the top of the group. But I sat down today just, just to write a thank you to the Strength Within group. It is a positive group. It is a very supportive group. If you are not in that and you're seeking support from others who get it, search Strength Within on Facebook and ask to join that group. Um, but anyway, I sat down just to write a, hey, thanks for being supportive, everybody. I'm busy. My team is busy. I love it that there's people in here that can scoop other people up and carry them when they're having a bad day. And I started writing and something started happening. And when I showed my daughter the post, she specifically said, Mom, you are reading way too much Dr. Zeus. So that being said, this post started rhyming. I did not mean to write this. It just came out. Um, so you can read that post. After I wrote that post, I changed the ending and I finished it. And I kind of want to read that today because it's, it's basically saying exactly what I just talked about. You know, when people message in and about being lonely and crying silently, I remember it. And, and I don't want anybody to think that I don't know exactly how you're feeling. Now I'm getting tears. But anyway, so this just came out of my head this morning. And this is the reason this podcast happened. But I'm going to 
I'm going to read it. I remember the days of lonely. I remember the days of tears. I remember the days of helplessness. I remember the days of fears. I remember being sad and pretending I was fine. I remember having days and days that were never really mine. I remember isolation and I remember guilt. I remember obligation and all the numbness that I felt. To each of you that's walking this path that seems so dark, remember that deep down inside there is still a little spark. A spark that will start growing and turn into a flame. This spark will start a fire and you'll never be the same. Giving up is not an option. As others on you lean, you will find it right inside yourself, though for long it's gone unseen. You stand up tall and face your fears and with a shaky breath, you speak your truth and hear your voice while putting it to rest. The growing is a high, high hill with many steps to climb. You reach the top and see the view with your future on your mind. The path you walked was wicked, a cold and darkened place, but now you are another you with sunshine on your face. I'm thankful for the past I've had because now it's plain to see for the person that I am right now is who I am meant to be. And that is to every single one of you. You are not where you are going to be forever. Because I remember where I was, and that is not the person I am now. But I would not be the person I am now if I was not put where I was. Thank you for listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. If your life is being affected by a toxic relationship, visit coachingwithdrheidi.com and take our free toxicity profile analysis or schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Heidi. You can also follow us on Instagram at coachingwithdrheidi or join our private Facebook group at Strength Within. Take your first step to freedom today. And remember, it's not normal. It's toxic.